Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So earlier this year, Taylor Swift came to my city and performed two concerts. And in this area, only about 17% of the people who tried to get tickets got tickets. Somehow my 25-year-old daughter managed to get two of them. And I'll be honest, I had never seen anything like it. Her fans are referred to as Swifties, and they line up hours and hours before the merchandise trucks show up near the stadium. They have two completely sold-out stadium shows. The fans dress up in outfits that represent the different eras of her career because it was called the Eras Tour. They make friendship bracelets that they trade with other fans, and it was just crazy, and the devotion and the fandom. And I started thinking about that word fans, and you probably know that fans is really short for fanatics. And I can relate when I put it in the context of college football. Um, I love college football. And I started thinking about Taylor Swift. But then I started thinking about a football game that I went to last fall. And there were 110,000 people. And we're all wearing the same color. And we're all jumping up and down. And we're all screaming our heads off. And it was absolutely amazing. And... Fans is short for fanatics. So the reason I'm talking about fans today is because I want you to know that there's a difference between parents and happy parents and raving fans. So let me say that again. There's a difference between parents, happy parents, and raving fans. And so what would your school look like if your parents were raving fans? What would student retention look like? What would the parent satisfaction scores on the annual parent survey look like? What would the parent-teacher relationships look like? And most importantly, if your parents at your school were raving fans of the school, what would that mean for the students as far as their success? Well, on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to discuss the six strategies to turn your parents into raving fans. But before we jump into today's topic, I want to give you a free gift for listening to the podcast. And this is called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. And it's a six-page PDF. And if you do these six things, I guarantee you that your teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can get this guide, the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader, by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide, and that's there for you for free just as a thank you for listening to the podcast. And my goal, as you know, my passion is to help as many private school leaders as possible, and there are actually two ways that you can help with that. So I would like to ask for two quick favors. First, please share this podcast with another leader or an aspiring leader 
that you know. So think about the other leaders in your life, the aspiring leaders that you see at your school, and share this podcast with them. And then second, would you please go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for the podcast? Those reviews and ratings help the algorithm push this content out to other leaders as a suggested podcast. And more and more people are finding the podcast, and this is one way to get the word out and to get these episodes and hopefully these strategies and help and encouragement out to private school leaders all over the world. So thank you so much for listening, and thank you for helping me help other private school leaders. So let's talk about the six strategies to turn your parents into raving fans. So I keep saying that phrase, raving fans. And this is a book written by Ken Blanchard. And Ken Blanchard is also the author of The One Minute Manager, which is one of the best-selling business books of all time. And in Raving Fans, he focuses on customer service or client service and creating loyal customers. And so if we want to define a raving fan... Um, I'm just going to take it right from Ken Blanchard's book. He coined this term, and he uses it to describe a customer who is so overwhelmed and floored by the customer service they've received that they can't stop telling everyone about it. So I want to hit you with that again. Think about the parents at your school. We could qualify them or describe them as raving fans if your parents were so overwhelmed and floored by the client service, by the product at your school, that they just can't stop telling people about it. And here's what I want you to remember, because I've said this before, is is that it takes seven times more resources to enroll a new student than to retain a current student. So seven times the money, the time, seven times the energy, the manpower, all of the things that we do, advertising, seven times more resources to enroll a new student than to retain a current student. And one of the best ways to retain current students is to turn our parents into raving fans. Because here's the thing, what you do at your school is amazing, but sometimes there's a disconnect between what happens, what's really happening at school, and the messaging or how it's felt by your parents. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But I just want to make sure that you know that I believe that you've got amazing things going on at your school and that some of this is strategy more than it is, oh, well, we don't have a robotics program or we don't have this great sports program and our gym isn't that nice and things of that nature. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking what you have and turning your parents, your current parents, into raving fans. So one last thing before... I jump into these six strategies is to give a couple of disclaimers. First of all, I know that it feels a little bit uncomfortable referring to parents as customers, and so don't do that with your teachers. Um, Whenever I talk about parents, I refer to them as parents, and every once in a while I'll talk about client service with my teachers, and they understand that because attorneys have clients, physicians um, have clients or patients, specialists certainly have clients. So professionals have clients and your teachers are professionals. All right. So I also, instead of customers or clients, actually prefer the phrase raving fans. But here's the last disclaimer. These six strategies are for you and your leadership team, not your teachers. 
And let me explain what I mean. These strategies, if you just tried to roll this out in this format with this language and the way that we're going to talk about it today, your teachers would probably not receive it well. You are the person as a school leader who has to see the school as an educational institution, but also as a business. And we know that retaining families, attracting new families, that that brings tuition dollars in, and then that's good for the bottom line. And so this hopefully is inspirational and strategic for you. And then you can take from these strategies and implement some things with your teachers but I would not recommend rolling out these strategies directly to your teachers. Okay, here are the six strategies to turn your parents into raving fans. Number one, actively listen to your parents and understand their needs. Number two, view every interaction with a parent as an opportunity to create a raving fan. Number three, offer exceptional solutions that address the parents' needs and provide memorable experiences. Number four, over-deliver by 1%. Number five, lean into what makes your school unique. And number six, measure parent satisfaction. So as usual, the, uh, the, the show notes for today's episode can, can be found at theprivateschoolleader.com slash and then the title of the, or the number of the episode. So today's show notes can be found at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 44. And the reason that I say that is because, you know, I just read off six things and I know that you're interested in those or you wouldn't be listening, but also you're probably driving or walking the dog or taking a run or running an errand and you can't really retain all of that. And so I just want to make sure you know I'm taking good care of you with the show notes so you can just kind of listen and let it sink in and then go back later and look at these strategies. So they're all there for you in the show notes. All right, strategy number one, actively listen to your parents and understand their needs. So if you don't have an annual parent survey, which most of you do, but if you don't, I would just strongly recommend that that's something that needs to happen and it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Now, I would not recommend that you do it right at the beginning of a school year. And if you're listening to this in real time, It's close to the beginning of a new school year. But at some point, I don't know, schools do these surveys at different times. We try to do ours in the late winter, early spring. And so I think that the when you do it is a little less important than the fact that you actually do it. And then I'm thinking about, well, if you have an annual parent survey and you want to listen, actively listen to your parents' needs and understand their needs, then what are you doing with that data? And as I record this, um, it's a Sunday afternoon, and tomorrow morning I have a meeting at school where our director of communications and marketing is on the agenda, and she is going to share the results with the senior leadership team of the most recent parent survey. So we look at those results and we discuss them, And some of those um, weaker areas inform what we do as far as setting goals and trying to improve in certain areas. And it's extremely useful information. But I hear what you're saying. You're saying, Mark, I have a small school and I am the leadership team. I'm the whole team. And I know what that's like. Um, I, when I was a head of school, um, we had a school that varied in size from 275 students up to over 500 students. 
And um, it wasn't until we got up over 400 students that I got some help in senior level leadership. So I understand what it's like to be a one person show. However, if you are the whole leadership team, you still need to know what your parents think. And those results will inform, as I said, where you need to improve. I'll just give you a quick example. So last year's parent survey, we got some feedback that there were way too many emails coming and the information was in too many different places and it was difficult to kind of um, stay on top of things as a parent. And so um, what the communications director developed was a parent memo that went out every Friday morning at 9 a.m. and it had everything that was needed to know for the next week as far as events and uh, soccer games and cross-country meets and everything was in there and then also um, down at the bottom was you know another week out from the following week and so it was sort of a one-stop shop for information. Um, we also get feedback sometimes that parents perceive that certain academic areas are, are weak, and that's parent perception, of course, but sometimes there, where there's smoke, there's fire, and so I'm going to look closely at that if the feedback that I get is, is that this area is weak in the middle school or in the intermediate school. And then I also get feedback about me. So, for example, there's a couple questions on there about you know, the head of middle school or the head of, and the head of intermediate school, um, I had a problem and I felt that um, it was handled or I felt like the response time was good and things of that nature. And sometimes that's uncomfortable to look at that data. But if I don't know the data, then I'm just going to keep doing the same thing the same way. And that's a recipe for losing families. And it's certainly not a recipe for turning parents into raving fans. So the feedback is important. And so we can't improve upon what we're doing if we only look at ourselves. In other words, if at a senior admin meeting or a meeting with your teachers, if everything stays inside the school or inside that room, you're going to look at each other and you'll be like, okay, we're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. And you probably are. But we need to know what the perception is. And I would be the first to acknowledge that perception is not always reality, and sometimes those perceptions are incorrect, and they hurt, they sting, they hurt our feelings. It takes courage to ask the parents what they think of our school. It takes time to create the survey and to send the survey and to manage the data and to present the findings and then to make plans for improvement. All of that takes time, and you're thinking, I don't even have time to do the things that I need to do. But here's the thing. Do you have the time to replace the students that you lose because of indifference from the parents? Do you have the time to, um, you know, just improve areas in your school by taking a shot in the dark as opposed to having something a little more specific? So you could just hope for the best. And there are schools out there that do have parent surveys, but maybe they don't do much with the data and it doesn't really inform their practice. And so... Um, I'm not saying that we have all the answers. I've certainly had years um, where I didn't do a good job with this or we didn't have a parent survey at all. But I'm just reflecting back to you that now that I'm at a school where this is an annual thing where we ask the same questions and we can compare data year to year, that it is hugely important for us. And I feel like it definitely moves the needle as far as parents feeling heard. 
And then the last little piece of that is, is that then at some point in the, uh, um, we're going to send the thing in the late winter, early spring, the survey, we're going to review the survey results um, in probably early August. And then at some point, probably in September, we're going to share that back out with the parents, not every specific little comment, but the general theme so that they know um, what they know that we're doing something with it, and that increases the percentage of parents that will fill it out the next year. But also, maybe we've decided we're going to do this and we're going to do that, and then that helps the parents to feel heard. So if we're talking about wanting to turn parents into raving fans, number one is actively listen to your parents and understand their needs. Okay, let's go on to strategy number two. Strategy number two is view every interaction with a parent as an opportunity to create a raving fan. And I'll be the first to admit that it's easy to view parent interactions as a nuisance and something to be avoided. And I'm not always going to like those interactions. You know, sometimes it's like going to the dentist when you sit down with a parent and it's just like, we're going to get through this, but how much discomfort do I have to go through to get my teeth to be clean and, and look good? But if we view it through the lens of creating a raving fan, then it changes things a little bit. Now, I want to make sure that I'm clear that I'm not talking about compromising your integrity or the values or the, um, the, the vision of the school. And so, for example, if you're sitting down with a parent and they're asking you to take the detention away from their seventh grader, and it's very clear that the child did the thing that they're accused of doing, then don't take that detention away. Don't change the grade. Don't um, reprimand that teacher if the teacher didn't do anything wrong. I'm not saying that you give in to the bully parent. What I'm saying is, is that if you view parents through the lens of creating a raving fan, and that's in the back of your mind or the front of your mind, you're not going to give in and roll over and just placate and do everything that they want, but maybe we treat them with a little bit more respect. Maybe we listen a little longer. Maybe we maintain that active listening a little longer. Maybe we just acknowledge their feelings and validate their feelings and then they feel heard. And in my experience, and this is certainly true, in the books, the book Hopes and Fears um, from NAIS, I can link it in the show notes that I've, um, I did an episode on that, the 5% of parents that are trying to destroy your school, how to handle them, that the authors of that book, in their experience, see that about 90% of parents just want their feelings validated and to feel heard. And I would agree with that as far as my 30 plus years of experience doing this is is that I think that's about right that with 90% of parents if you validate that what they're what they're saying you validate their feelings even if you don't agree with it and they feel heard they're not interrupted you reflect back to them what they're saying that for most parents they're going to feel better and so strategy number two is to view every interaction with a parent as an opportunity to create a raving fan and it will change, slightly change, the way that we interact with our parents. Okay, on to strategy number three. Offer exceptional solutions that address the parents' needs and provide memorable experience experiences. So let me break that into two parts. First of all, address the needs. So have an open mind 
um, use creativity to try to find elegant solutions and lean into collaboration with your teachers. So exceptional solutions. Parents are not in the public school because they perceive, some of them I'm generalizing right now, but they perceive that their kid is just a, a, a name, a face, a number in the crowd, the, the class size is too big, and they expect that individualized attention and those exceptional solutions at your school. Now, you can only do what you can do, but I feel like sometimes that we're quick to say, well, we can't, we don't, we won't, when if we think about how far away is point A and point B, and is what they're asking for reasonable, then we can maybe have an open mind about that and find that exceptional, elegant solution. Now, a lot of times parents ask for things that are impossible or that would be completely changing school policy or would be super problematic for a variety of reasons. So I'm not saying that we just change everything. I'm just saying that, and I'm acknowledging my own bias right now, is that sometimes I'm quick to just shut it down. But I think that if we're listening deeply and we're thinking collaboratively and creatively with an open mind, that sometimes if we see that this request is not unreasonable and that point A and point B aren't that far apart, that maybe we can get there with that exceptional solution. And then provide memorable experiences. And memorable experiences, in my opinion, are, are when parents connect emotionally with the school. Parents want to know that their kids are safe and that their kids are happy. And on more than one episode, I've talked about surprise and delight and how just sharing out that email of a photo of a smiling child, um, making that little extra effort when a child is out sick for a couple of days and the teacher just checking in, how is that child doing? All of the things that I know that your teachers do or have good intentions to do that those are ways that they feel connected emotionally to the school. But I also feel like parents, especially since COVID, many of them also are craving human connection because the world is becoming more and more digital. And even though social media is ubiquitous, I feel like that the, it's not that I feel like, I know that there's research out there to show that people have feel more lonely now than they did before social media was so prevalent. And so even though we can connect with people all over the world, for the most part, we're still craving those um, human connections. And so whether that's an event, a religious service where the parents are invited once a month, um, I know that once a month at our school, the first Friday of the month, we have an all-school religious service, and the parents are invited, and there's songs, and there's dancing, and there's a lot of fun, and those are highlights uh, for the parents. And so I know you can't have an event all the time, but just lean into those memorable experiences where parents can connect emotionally and view the parent teacher, view the teacher communication to parents through the lens of how am I communicating that I get your child and that I love your child and that we're going to keep your child safe because those are the things that really connect emotionally with a parent. All right, now we're on to strategy number four. Over deliver by 1%. So once you know what the customer wants, then you just need to deliver that all the time without exception. And so that's a quote from the, the book, Raving Fans. We know what our parents want. They want their, I mentioned it a moment ago, they want their child to be safe. They want there to be academic rigor. They want their child to um, grow 
um, socially and emotionally. A lot of these things are in our mission statement. These are the things that the parents want. So we're just going to deliver that. But then we're going to seek to over deliver and continually improve by 1%. And so let me explain what I mean by over deliver. And it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about surprise and delight. And I'll share in the show notes, I think it's episode two. Um, I'll share in the show notes the, the, about parent-teacher communication, but one of the strategies was surprise and delight, and I elaborate on it a little more, but a couple things about that. Nordstrom, um, they are known for over-delivering by 1% or more, and there's a quick story where there's a man, um, he's got a layover at Chicago O'Hare, and he realizes that he forgot his dress shoes, and he's on his way to a business meeting in another city. And so an employee from Nordstrom in Chicago gets the guy's size, what kind of sh- what color shoes, takes them to the airport, meets up with the guy, gives him the shoes, and then they, you know, they bill his account. And so those are the kinds of things that are like, oh, okay, yeah, right, how does that apply to the school situation? Well, everything is a little different um, at school, but for you, and, and everything's different school to school. So, you know, for you, surprise and delight. You know, what does that look like for you at your school? But I'll put some links in the show notes to kind of um, maybe um, spur your thinking on what that could look like. And that's what is important is to do a great job all the time with what we do, but then to also over deliver by 1%. Okay, so we're talking about the six strategies to turn your parents into raving fans. Number one actively listen to your parents and understand their needs. Number two, view every interaction with a parent as an opportunity to create a raving fan. Number three, offer exceptional solutions that address the parents' needs and provide memorable experiences. Number four, over deliver by 1%. And number five, lean into what makes your school unique. So we all have very, very different schools. And if it's a Christian school, all over the world, Christian schools are different. If it's a all-girls school, an all-boys high school, if it's a Muslim school, if it's a Jewish day school, if it's a um, independent, non-religious school, we just have so many different schools. And we are unique, even among those same schools in the same city. And so what is it that makes your school unique? So what makes us, you know, to lean into and think about, well, what makes us different from private and public schools in this, in your area? And, you know, for, for me at my school, um, it's small class sizes. Of course, being a Jewish day school for the families where Jewish continuity and learning Um, some Hebrew and learning some Jewish studies, learning about the Holocaust. You know, those are important things to them. Um, Also, just the Jewish values, Um, taking care of the environment and being an upstander and um, being a person of integrity, being a mensch. So, you know, those things are reflected in everything that we do. And so a person that is, has their children enrolled in our school looking for those things. Well, they're also looking for a place that's safe Um, rigorous academics. They want a wonderful, warm school community. But also, 
um, maybe your school is really large and you're like, well, you know, I don't know if we've got that warm school community because we're just so big, but then maybe because you're so large, you've got um, the ability to have maybe a larger leadership team. You've got a great, you know, very robust sports and arts program, um, outstanding programs for blank, fill in the blank. So it, whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever makes your school special, whatever makes your school unique is to lean into that because there was something that attracted those parents to your school in the first place. And another way to find out what are the unique things that your parents value is to ask them. But once you know that, and I think you intuitively already know it, is to lean into that and to not make excuses for, you know, if you're a small school and let's say you don't have a gymnasium that's um, as big as some of the bigger, fancier schools in your city. Well, don't make a lot of excuses for that. Just make the best with what you've got and lean into the things that make your school unique. And then our sixth and final strategy for turning parents into raving fans is to measure parent satisfaction. So this is about comparing the results year to year. And I want to talk for a moment about a, a metric called net promoter score. And the question that is asked, and this is across all industries around the world, and I'll put a couple links in the show notes about net promoter score and how to calculate it. But basically, the question is, and this is on our um, family parent survey every year, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely it is, is it that you would recommend your organization to a friend or colleague? All right. So on a scale of zero to 10, how likely would you be to recommend our school to a friend or colleague? And then based on the number that the parent chooses, they're going to be classified in one of the following categories. Detractors are zero to six, passives are seven and eight, and promoters are nine and 10. So it's pretty, it's pretty small as far as getting those those active promoters in the nines and the tens. And so then the way that it works is whatever the score is, then you subtract the detractors from the promoters. So for example, let's say that your survey results come back and you've got um, 10% detractors, 30% passive, and 60% promoters, which would be an amazing score, by the way. So if you've got 60% promoters and you subtract the 10% detractors, then your net promoter score is 50. And you might think, oh no, 50, 50 out of 100, that's not good, that's an F, but that's not how it works. Um, actually, um, 50 is, in a, is a fantastic net promoter score. And so, again, I'll put that in the show notes so that you can understand that a little more, but that's something where then you can kind of compare across industries, and it is a number that we look at closely every year to see where are we at with not just customer satisfaction, parent satisfaction, but specifically the net promoter score is that level of happiness, that raving fans metric is really those nines and tens on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend our school to a friend or a colleague? And so um, again, like I said, I'll put a couple um, notes, uh, I'll put a couple links in the show notes so that you can you know, maybe if you want to dig in a little more to net promoter score, and it's not really that complex. And it's one more question on the parent survey, and then you can check out that data. So the big takeaways from today's episode, um, the definition of a raving fan is a customer who is so overwhelmed and floored by the client service 
that they're receiving that they can't stop telling everyone about it. And a reminder that seven times more resources are needed to enroll a new student than to retain a current student. And then the six strategies to turn your parents from parents to happy parents into raving fans are number one, actively listen to your parents and understand their needs. And you're gonna do that with your parent survey and then actually do something with that data. Number two, view every interaction with a parent as an opportunity to create a raving fan. And when we view it through that lens, we might be a little more patient, a little more active listening, a little less listening with the intent to respond. Number three, offer exceptional solutions that address the parent's needs and provide memorable experiences. And so we're gonna really try and see if what they're asking for or the solution that would help meet their child's needs, is it that is it possible? Is, is A and B that far apart or do we just default to just shutting down when parents ask for things that we don't currently do? And whatever we do, we need to do it in a way that still aligns with our mission and our, our values as a school. And then provide memorable experiences would be those emotional connections. Over deliver by 1% is strategy number four and that's all about surprise and delight. Number five, lean into what makes your school unique. And number six, is measure parent, parent satisfaction by adding that net promoter score question to your annual survey. All right, in, and now I like to end every episode with a call to action, and so in the next week, I'd like for you to pick one of these strategies and then decide one action that you're going to take to implement this or to do better at this during this school year. So pick one strategy, one action, and then implement it. And I've created another free resource for you called the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. This is a 10 page PDF that will help keep your staff and students safe and help keep your school out of court. Litigation is expensive and time consuming and very stressful. And this common sense guide will help you be more intentional and proactive when it comes to protecting your school. And you can get the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit at theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. And if you're getting value from this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com and let me know about a new strategy that you're using at school or tell me what your biggest pain point is right now. And I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and you can find today's show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 44. A new episode of The Private School Leader comes out every week on Apple and, and Spotify and YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm on Instagram at The Private School Leader, on Twitter at The PS Leader. And again, if you got value from this episode, just please, please, please share it with another leader in your life or an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I want to say how much I appreciate you and all of your hard work at your school. And thank you so much for taking some of your precious time out of your week to join me here today. And I will see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.